You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Uh, hope you all got to the post-game show. Uh, we were able to give away again this week some apparel from the Zabo T-shirt company. So, hey, nothing I love doing better than giving away their apparel. But nice job on uh, – gets given another one away. Obviously, we'll put another one in the works for this week. Uh, John Costco in here for PFF Night as we discuss your – and I hope everybody's sitting down. I'm going to try and get, I'm going to say this as many times as I possibly can this week, just for the pure enjoyment of it. Your first place, Cleveland Browns. Uh, John Costco, Jeff. Lord, on the biggest story for your daily delivery of all things dog pound. John, the way this whole roster was put together and, you know, through the off season, I think we're starting to see a little bit more this week. Well, yesterday of what we, we're expecting and the amount of weaponry there is on offense and the fact that, you know, this defense is really good. Yeah. Um, from, from a defense perspective, like there, obviously when you, when you're able to do what you did last week against the Rams with that set, you know, depleted secondary, obviously you didn't have a single starter. Um, then you followed up with, with what you were able to do against Lamar Jack and Jackson this week. Um, yeah. Lamar did get a lot of yards and, and there was definitely some runs that, uh, the team had that really looked like it was, you know, they were kind of gashing them, uh, but they in, in large held them in check. And, um, you know, there was some luck involved with that too. Lamar had had a couple of throws that were, you know, incompletions because of miscommunication. Willie Sneed had a really stupid play on the sideline where he inexplicably jumped on a pass and stepped out of bounds, but instead of just standing there and catching it. Oh, was that maybe or Chris Moore or whatever? Yeah, he had whatever. that. Hollywood Brown had a couple of drops. I mean, you know, when you go back and you look at it, and this is what I would say with Leicester, and he's like, oh, hey, yeah, there you go. You're getting it. And yeah, here yeah. I am. I'm learning yeah. it PFF-wise. Right. So, like, it's a, it's a whole process thing. And so, like, from a grading standpoint, the Browns' defense didn't, is actually kind of underperforming where, we you know, we'd expect them to at this point. So, it'll be interesting to see what they're able to do moving forward the, the 49ers have an off, awesome, awesome offensive game plan that they do. Uh, so that'll be a tough test. Obviously, the Seahawks, are, they have like the, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and Russell Wilson, and then they complement that with a uh, running game that they probably shouldn't uh, do, utilize as much as that they do. But um, Hey, if you, can, if, you can take, if you can hold back Russell Wilson, you've got to take the chance and opportunity to do it. Yeah, when, when you have a shot to uh, – you know, use use one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and just have them turn around and hand off the ball. You've got to take it. So, um, but from a from a defensive perspective, you know, it'll be nice to actually get those starters back. Uh, but uh, from an offense perspective, how this roster was constructed, people envisioned these forty point outputs from the get go. So the 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 whole the whole first three weeks of the season obviously disappointing for Browns fans. Now you get this output against a Ravens team that they have good pieces on that defense, but they're, they're not a good defense right now. Uh, they're not the Ravens of old. So um, it was good to actually see, Hey, this is a defense that is struggling. And then the beat up on them. And then obviously put up a, a 40 points. Baker didn't, you know, Baker managed the game. Well, this is actually the first game of his career that we've done even in college and in the NFL that he didn't throw any big time throws because he didn't need to. Um, and he, he just managed the game well, found the open receiver. The Ravens are really focused on OBJ and Baker is able to read the open receiver and get it to him because they were rolling their strength of their coverage, double covering OBJ all day, all game long. So um, yeah, obviously then you put on there like Freddie kitchens 
you know, creativity and, and good play designs. And he was calling the right plays. Some things that I wish he would uh, do better at, like calling too many runs on second and long. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's obviously a big, big step in the right direction for, for the Browns, their offense for sure. I think one of the things I took away from yesterday, obviously Freddie's creativity that, you know, that counter uh, shovel to Landry, but also though, I think Baker and, you know, I'm sure through the coaching, this was preached was what made you so successful last year in the second half of the season was it didn't matter who the player was. If they were open, you threw it to them. And yesterday with the ball getting out, and I believe it was a uh, two, two, 2.44. That's what you're doing. You're finding the first open guy you can and you're getting rid of the football. Uh, Ricky Seals Jones found a way to contribute. Now, here was a guy I, I tried to tell people if you will, you know, well, what are we going to do without Njoku? Well, you can't just go out and rent a Hall of Fame tight end for eight weeks. Um, Ricky Seals Jones has had a history at least doing some things with the ball in his hands. But the, between him and Farrell Brown, you figure you've got a hundred yard day between these two tight ends. And Farrell Brown really blocked well. And he was a guy last week. Yeah, he was part of him and Whitehead. We'll get to Whitehead. Apologies to both of you. You both stepped up your games. Yeah, you know, exactly. Getting rid of the ball is a big key for Baker this week. At We had him at 2.46 um, time to throw. Um, you know, he obviously had only, he only took one sack as well, which is, which is great. So when you do that, obviously t- not taking sacks, you know, he had the one interception, which was a Jarvis quit on the route. Yeah, it was a little bit of risky throw because it was into uh, a, like double coverage, conversion coverage there. I think Jarvis is more at fault there for stopping on his route. Baker's expecting him to be there, but um, really, I mean, outside of that throw, I mean, he, he managed the game extremely well. He was able to, um, you know, efficiently move the field ball down the field um, and, and got rid of the ball. So, th- you know, those are, those are real key for him. Uh, Cause that, I mean, it was, I noticed this during the week and, and the Sunday night broadcast of, Oh, when he gets rid of the ball, he has, X amount of completion percentage. Yeah. When you all quarterbacks, when they get rid of the ball quickly have a higher completion percentage and a better (laughs) passer rating, mainly because of the, the, you know, it's just an easier type of throw. It can get you in rhythm, but the benefit of actually holding on to the ball longer is that you have bigger, more, uh, more apt for being able to throw a big time throw bigger plays happen off, off of holding the ball longer. Um, But there is some risk with it with, you know, obviously taking sacks um, and then some, you know, higher turnover worthy percent. Um, yeah. Like, like you said, it doesn't matter who was out there last year. I mean, you, you had guys like Brashad Perriman who basically came off the streets for the Browns and, and started performing extremely well. Antonio Callaway really picked it up. Richard Higgins obviously was really good last year. And Jar- Jarvis Landry was almost like an afterthought in the second half of last year. Baker just got rid of the ball and got it to the, the open receiver. And that worked. And, it felt like there was a lot of things that was going on in the first three weeks of the season where like Baker was he obviously he was pressing. He was trying to hold onto the ball in the pocket too long. I think last week, a big thing, part of it was that, you know, if, if there was t- any type of pressure that was coming around him from the side, he got nervous about that because he's probably super concerned about that monster in the middle of Aaron Donald, that if he steps up into the pocket, that guy's going to sack him or something like that. So he wanted to stay away from him. Um, this game, it seemed like a, a more concerted effort by the offensive tackles. Brendan Leister actually uh, tipped me to this as well, where they were trying to make a flatter pocket for Baker so that he didn't have the, the vertical sets around him, uh, which 
was made it easier for him to step up into the pocket and, and deliver throws. Obviously, you, you don't want to limit offensive tackles to, to do that because you're not going to be able to do that week in, week out. But uh, and so he's got to get comfortable with the vertical sets. And we, I've seen him do that, so I think he can do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was much more along the lines of what we saw last year. It was just without Baker delivering some big-time throws. But it was the similar type of situation where he managed the game extremely well, kept uh, took care of the football, didn't get sacked or hit except for the one time, and then uh, got, got it to his playmakers. Yeah, and I think he did a fantastic job of just you know, getting back to get the ball out of my hand as quick as possible. And with Baker, so much of him is rhythm. And you know, at he, the confidence just goes bang, bang, after each and every throw. And then you, obviously you get the defense on your heels. And then it was kind of funny because you know, Nick Chubb wasn't having the greatest of game. Um, then all of a sudden the offense was going and going and going and going. And guess what? Now, you know, now we're going to start mixing in some Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Um, I, f- I think it was, I forget if it was the first touchdown run or the second one where, you know, he goes right. And, and there were three broken tackles, three jukes. And then, you know, the game's tight, the game's close. And, you know, you, you just call what you think you're calling it. You know, tall, you know, you're pulling your center, you're pulling your, your front side guard and Cush all right, let's run right here because I believe at the time it was first and 15. I don't even think it was first. All right, get this number down a little bit. You might want to pause. Manage and cut hamstrings for the next 12 games. And next thing you know, that's – Man, obviously I'm – look, I'm, I'm looking at Kush's grade. I hadn't looked at his grade. Boy, was it bad. Yeah, um, I have a feeling we're going to see some Wyatt Teller sooner than not. But uh, what I was saying, guys, obviously you got Nick more involved. Obviously, once the passing game got going, um, you were able to get Nick involved. The first, uh, the touchdown run, the fifteen-yard one, or whatever, with all the broken tackles. Then you get yourself to the spot, and you know, I, I, it was a false start or whatever, led to first and fifteen. Um, you think you're going to run, which is just you know a toss. You know, this to a treader pull. Uh, Chubb makes a great cut, and the next thing you know, Earl Thomas makes a monetary decision, decides not to run, and Nick goes 88 yards at 22 miles an hour. And now all of a sudden, the game is out of reach. Yeah, um, Chubb was. I mean, I mean, you look at the stats; he was largely ineffective in the first half. Obviously, he had three touchdowns, and everybody looks at the stat line, and anybody who had him fantasy was is like, you know, oh, he was awesome, right? <laughs> So like, and and his grade end up his his grade ended up being like that. We had him as the top running back of the week at a ninety one point oh. His run grade was a ninety one point six. His pass blocking grade was an eighty one point six. So he was great in those areas, but there was obviously the first half was not good. And the second half was phenomenal. So um, you know when you when you break obviously tackles, and that's the thing that running backs can you know wh- where they can add value is that if it's blocked up perfectly, you, you need to be able to hit those holes. But then there comes a point where after it's been blocked up, you have to take over because he even, even Nick Chubb said it in the post-game presser that, you know, like although he even he credited his offensive line for all they have to do is just give me just, you know, they block it up perfectly. If they give me a little space, then I'm good. And that's the right mindset to have because running backs, they, they only can do so much. Um, because they're only one part of the running game. And like when, when it comes to the running game, and what I think people maybe miss, you know, overlook in terms of like what 
contributes to what to for for the success of a running game all seven guys blocking in front of him you know the maybe the two tight ends and offensive line or the fullback and the tight end and offensive line whatever they have to be they, they can't miss their blocks if one of those guys misses their blocks it's very likely that that person that missed the block is actually making the tackle for a pretty short gain so when when you block it up perfectly like they did on that 88 yard touch and run it it's like the red sea parting and He's when Nick Chubb has that head of steam, nobody's catching him. Obviously, as you can see, it he had a 22 miles per hour, the top speed of the NFL this year. Uh, I think, I think maybe Cordell Patterson has a higher one, but um, th- I mean, that's what you, you want, and especially in a situation like that where you know, if the game's still very well in reach, you need to be able to a move the ball. And I, I don't say that you need to be able to run the ball. You just need to be able to move the ball. And so you need to have an, an efficient offense. Obviously, a one-play 88 yards is, is moving the ball, and that was nice. But uh, um, I think, you know, obviously it pretty much was the nail in the coffin and put the Browns ahead a for good and pretty much broke the backs of, like, the fans. Like, you just you, – you heard the fans just – I mean, they had all the, quote-unquote, momentum because yep. they scored a touchdown. They just had the two-point conversion – you know, it's a six-point game, very much still a game at that point. And they, you just saw it, the, the life just sucked out of him. You saw Earl Thomas quit on the play because the life just sucked out of him. It's like he's like, I'm not catching that. Exactly, you know, and, the, you know, the veteran's business decision. And Earl Thomas has taken too many stupid injuries in his career to have something. I, I, I honestly don't blame him. He's not catching him. Nope. And, and, you know, guess what? He hurts his hamstring, and now here it is another year where he's, you know, he's sitting on the shelf for seven, eight weeks. Um, guys, we always mention DoorDash. Uh, treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurant come to you, whether it's a franchise, whether it's local, with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code, all caps, locked on, no space. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL. Other better ways to make the game even more exciting than to bet. And where do you bet? You use mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sportsbook, period. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you are betting on. And mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play, and it's where you should, too. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if I didn't feel they were the best. Obviously, long-term relationship between Locked On and MyBookie. So if they're going to continue to sponsor us month in, month out here, they got to be doing something right. Mybookie.ag, use the promo code, all caps, no space, Locked On. Mybookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. Um, John, we kind of had a little bit of fun with him last week, and he kind of had everybody kind of shut the hell up yesterday. Um, we'll start with Jermaine Whitehead. Um, fantastic effort on his part. And look, it's not, it's not, I mean, for us, it's okay to say what we said. Look, we didn't really get to see him in the summer. He didn't participate in preseason games. He was injured. Um, you can OTAs, as far as guys like us, there's only so much we can go on. Yeah, you love them. That's fantastic. We hadn't seen anything. What we saw the first three weeks wasn't good football, was committing some stupid penalties. What we saw yesterday, okay. Is this what you guys were seeing in OTAs? Because this, yeah, this player can be of some help. So it's interesting, right? So, like, everybody everybody is 
you know, when you look at a player, it's, it's a results-based business, but how those results happen matters. So, like, players can have games like this, right, where they obviously forced a fumble. He had that interception. And so that's a, obviously a big game for him. Um, and he graded out great. He has an 84.1 overall grade. His coverage grade was an 87.1. He wasn't great as a run defender. He actually missed uh, two tackles in this game. Um, and he uh, rushed the pass. He did get two hurries, which is good. But, um, you know, for, from, a, from a coverage standpoint, like you, you make that interception, which essentially kind of seals the game when, when they're basically trying to take these deep shots. If you don't make a play on that ball, it very likely could get caught and for a touchdown and this game's still a game. So his interception was very timely. Um, and then also forcing the, uh, the fumble kind of is more of a fluky play, but that's a good play. You need to make, be able to make those plays. So now is he able to going to be able to sustain this or, or, and carry this forward? Or is this just like a, a one-off game where he, he played extremely well? I'm going to probably say that he, we don't see this again for, for a while. We might see it again in two weeks in a row, but from what we've seen of him in his whole career, where it's not been a very large sample size in 2017 and 2018, um, where he, you know, he had like this year he's already surpassed the number of career number of snaps, highest of, of a single year. Last year he had 228. His rookie year in 2017 he had 116. He still never graded well. Uh, he didn't grade at all well this year coming into this game. So, uh, I, great game. Let's see it moving forward. And I would, you know, he's a guy that um, I don't see it happening again. And if it does, I, I would love to be proved wrong. But from a process standpoint of what he's shown so far throughout his career, that I'm assuming he's going to revert back to what he's been previously. And hopefully you get Morgan Burnett back so that this guy doesn't have to start and you only see him sparingly. <laughs> um, but no, that's, no, that's it, harsh. It's harsh. I'm sorry, but that's but, like. Yeah, I'm here to give you the like the, the, the facts and the facts. The are way you're equating it is a bad player his whole career. The, the way you're equating it is he's one for fifteen at the plate. So yes. it's like that's fantastic. You know, it's great to come off of a good one. Um, but let's see if we can maybe get a little bit of a streak here to go on, and uh, hopefully we don't get cursed at by him on Twitter because that seems to be his new lovely mo. Um, John uh, Joe Schobert, uh, you know, again, you know, now who, the Ingram fumble. That's Whitehead or that's Joe Schobert? The, uh, that, that was Whitehead forcing it. Oh, okay. Schobert was making a tackle, but Whitehead's hit came in there, and, and he's okay. the one that popped it out. Okay. Um, you know, Joe Schobert, 17 tackles, uh, a sack. Um, Mac Wilson now, obviously, in his second start. It's a nice – I mean, look. I think I – think, so, like, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think it's important to know when somebody says 17 tackles, right? Like, of course. Like, that's a, that's a, that's a, a monster number. So, like, how did that – happen right like we have him for for eight tackles and six assists so we separate them we don't combine them so that in most people's eyes that would be 14 tackles um and i know like like tackle numbers kind of differ from from whoever's actually charting the game uh like the official nfl stat person that's in the stadium might chart it one way you know what we're looking at is different we don't actually don't follow that game book because of whatever but i think it's it's important to kind of like, you know, he, was, he wasn't making a solo tackle 17 times or whatever. So, like, mm -hmm. you know, if we're off by two or whatever, so what? But that's, you know, he had maybe eight, eight solos and 
eight assists or something like that for from their perspective. I just I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just want to clarify something. That. Something's obviously grinding John's gears there. So jumps <laughs> in on that. But I mean, uh, between him and Mac Wilson, you're starting to get you know what you see you know should be the future of the linebacking group here, and. You know, obviously, you know, and it, this is another one here, and I meant to say this for the offensive side of it, is you had a game where Odell Beckham Jr. didn't give you much statistically. Now the defensive side of the ball, you didn't have a game here where Miles Garrett did much, and you're probably talking about your two greatest players on either side of the ball with those two guys. But you still get it done. You get it done well. And the rest of the D-line, Ogan Joby with some activity, Devereaux Lawrence, I don't know if he's ever going to be a starter, but in his role, he's becoming a little bit of a problem. Sheldon Richardson, these guys, and they did a good job also. I think they did a good job also in the fact that, you know, Lamar, when he was going to throw, didn't just say, oh, the hell with this, let me let it run. Because, I mean, those guys were in their lanes and they made it kind of difficult for him to do it. I mean, most of the runs he had were pure running plays. Yeah, this this is a – going up against the Ravens is a weird, weird – like it's like we used to win like in high school you'd go play like wishbone you'd play it once a year and it took all the practice and discipline in the world to not get your drums beat in just because these guys were so good at doing it right so like when you when you look at there's a game last year where alabama was going up against the citadel i think it was their triple option team and it was like 10 10 at half and it's like what in the world is going on like why can't why can't? Why aren't they like rolling over these guys and just like having shutouts like left and right? Like it's because it's it's something that they never see. Like when you when you same thing would happen. I think Oklahoma last year where they went up against Army. I think it was mm-hmm. Army. Or Army no. took Ar- Ar- they took them like two or three overtimes. Yeah. So like you don't nobody prepares for teams like that unless you you have a team like that in your conference and you are you actively prepare for that. You don't know what's coming when it comes to some type of that type of play. Now the Browns saw this. This is the first time they, they've seen this specific type of offense this year. Obviously you can say, Hey, yeah, they played them last year, but this is a different offense. Like every, it's you know, just like the Browns this year. They clearly have a different offense. Yeah. They have some of those same wrinkles and yada, 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 but this is a different offense. So the first time this defense has seen this offense, there's going to be a players that are going to be out of position because their their eyes are, fooling them based on what they've they're used to seeing so the grades across the board for the defense were not good besides Jermaine Whitehead Terrence Mitchell had a solid game in coverage he actually you know graded at a 71.9 uh, in coverage is overall 69.3 Deborah Lawrence was actually pretty solid across the board he didn't didn't make an impact he wasn't allowed ability he actually kind of got lucky with that interception but um Hey, don't pick on the big man. 99s ain't supposed hey, to have the ball. Leave him alone. <laughs> listen, listen, you know, whenever a big man can make an interception, like you, you got to give him that credit, right? But um, the rest of the team, actually, there's a lot of run fits that they missed. That's why the, the Ravens were kind of gashing them at, at times. Um, there was a lot of missed tackles in this game. They had 10. Um, so when you – and then they also, like I said, like they got lucky with some busted coverages where, you know, what Hollywood Brown dropped a couple passes, like we said yep. – and then uh, I said it wrong. It was Chris Moore that stepped out of bounds yep. on that one. This that's is, that's inexcusable. There's zero focus whatsoever. Know where the hell you are on a field, man. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. It's it's terrible. But like, obviously, good for Browns fans. But still, like the when when you see stuff like that, you for kind of for most people they forget about those types of plays. But we chart those and grade those appropriately. Somebody busted that coverage, right? So like that person's getting downgraded. So or same thing with like. 
you know, the, uh, was it, I think it was Willie Sneed who got that touchdown, late touchdown in garbage yeah. time or whatever. There was some bad defense that was being played there. Like it game. Yeah, it was garbage time, but we still kind of, we still grade those. That and I think, it was, and I think it was Randall gave an Earl Thomas effort on that one though. Yeah. And, and there was a missed tackle by TJ Carey on that play. So like, you know, obviously you just make that tackle. It's done, done for. You don't do that. And then there were, I don't know for one reason, why weren't they just playing prevent defense in the first place? But so, <laughs> You know, everything gets graded based on what they're doing, not the result of the play. So, like, a dude dropping a pass, that wasn't – unless it was, like, being – the guy was getting collided with as the ball got there, you know, that's not the what the, the defense is doing to force that incompletion. You know, like, I think, I think it was in the broadcast, somebody dropped a pass, and then they started raving about how the Browns' defense is playing great because <laughs> that guy dropped the pass and it had it forced a punt. It was like, did you – the Browns did nothing there. So, I think I think that was Hollywood Brown's first one, and he was running like a five-yard crosser, and the guy was like two to three yards. He catches that ball. You're in trouble because here's four two seven loose in your secondary. Right, exactly. So, you know, it's great that the Browns, you know, won because of – obviously, that's, that's the, the result you want. It, all that really matters in the end is win-loss, but the process matters too. And so there's a lot of things that this defense needs to clean up. Miles Garrett had one pressure on 24 pass rush snaps. I mean, he was had like was largely ineffective in this game. You know, Sheldon Richardson, also another guy that you know the Browns got in to bolster that pass rush, just two hurries in this game. Chad Thomas had 20 snaps in this game. He didn't get a single pressure. Uh, Chris Smith, you know, he had 24 or snaps in this game one hurry so it wasn't Lamar was not getting pressured on a maybe if that 55 guy played I don't know John yeah I really I really don't know what's going on with that I wish I knew um you know I've my thinking is they view him as a pure defensive end if you view him as a pure defensive end he's six foot five 255 I mean yeah, six I mean, six feet 255 I mean I don't care I mean whatever yeah he's, I, a, he's an outside he's a he's the outside linebacker Von Miller type I mean he's not yep. a Von Miller player but like that's what his role should be where Von Miller does like you see him maybe drop back and and cover like twice a game at most that's what he should be you should be a stand-up end on, on the line of scrimmage but what I I guess I heard from I can't remember who told me this is that he apparently gained a lot of weight in the off season to because they were wanting him to be a you know down down a de- edge defender and it made him a lot slower well, um so that might be the reason is that yeah let's put well, let, i mean well, putting more frame putting more weight on a six foot frame I mean, right be happy with what it was i mean maybe it's not, maybe it's a guy you're not going to pay long term and maybe you get two, three good years out of him. But bulking up a guy who's only six feet tall, that, that what do you think was going to happen? <laughs> right. Like he was he, – he had great speed to power bull rushes and, um, really, you know, he, he really good moves and stuff like that. Like I, I don't know – I don't know what the plan is for him. I would, you know, he, he needs – he's probably miscast in this defense, which is not something you want to hear. You want to have a defense that can, can basically use the pieces that are there and make the best of them. Exactly. But, you know, but and, like, and I'll tell you right now, but I mean, if it comes down to reps for him, Chad Thomas or Chris Smith, for God's sakes, I know which one I, I at least have faith in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Avery got consistent pressure last year, not super consistent, but he was getting pressure last year. Whereas like Chad Thomas so far, isn't that type of guy. Chris Smith, isn't that type of guy. He had and people got excited because Chad Thomas covered a fumble. My first response was why is Chad Thomas nine yards down the field on a running play? Yeah. It's certainly because he it wasn't certainly because he attacked to the line of scrimmage. It was because he got shoved backwards. Yeah, but and you know exactly. So like the this that's why 
um, like the whole this whole thing where why the grades matter. You know, the 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 defense isn't the defense. I'd say that the the scheme or whatever is happening. You know, maybe it's luck. The scheme is is making things difficult on on opposing offenses. So like you have to give Steve Wilkes credit for for making the the whole. Oh yeah, no, I mean you can't, Yeah, you can't even like give Wilkes a hard time, and then you think about the fact that he's played. You know, he played last week with that entire secondary. Right, and that matters. Three fourths of it. Although I do think this week you probably were better off with Carrie and Mitchell out there. They're bigger, they're thicker, they're better tacklers. But it's not like you would have benched Ward or, or, or Greedy. And the bottom line is, you know, Ward and Greedy are going to be here for a while. So well, you, you need them you for might, these You might games. be able to run man a lot more with Ward and, Ward and Greedy Some, out there. Somebody so can then, run with Hollywood Brown, yes. Right. So then you're not having to do different things with your coverage and then it's, you know, sacrificing against the run game and stuff like that. And it's putting other players, putting in players in positions that they're not comfortable in being right. So you, you obviously team players have to get out of their comfort zone at times. You're never just going to be, you can't bubble. You can't put players in a bubble or whatever, but when you have those guys, those guys are super talented. Like they're still like you, the, the Ravens would still could win this game. Not just, not with their running game. They would still win it with their passing game is what they have to do. And so, um, having those guys out there obviously it just would be beneficial same with like morgan burnett morgan burnett is a better player than jermaine whitehead but jermaine whitehead stepped up in this game like he he made he made two big plays in this game and that's you know credit to him but um obviously the bit more secondary players of the starters that you have out there the better terrence mitchell played well in this game tj Carey did not but um you know i it's credit steve wilkes for for making the whole better than what the individual parts are playing right now yeah, and, you know, obviously it's, you know, I mean, him, you know, you get this gig, all right, I got Denzel Ward, okay, we drafted another, I mean, so he's not even really trying to get exactly what he wants to do yet, and, but look, you know, on the NFL, you got to be willing to transition on the fly. Uh, guys, like I said, uh, always nice, we can give away some Zabo apparel, we got to do that. Um, in, you know, Vermillion, uh, Zabo Apparel, are you looking online, ZaboApparel.com, guys, uh, my favorite company, go ahead and check out Zabo Apparel for any of your Browns t-shirt needs. John, as we put this to a bed here, biggest oddity in the NFL this this weekend. Uh, there were a couple. Like, where the heck did this Raiders win come out of? Yeah, I I, I would go there. Uh, Tampa dropping fifty five on LA was interesting. Well, so Tampa Tampa has a you got Bruce Arians and and so his vertical pass game with those weapons, like like literally anything can happen. And Jameis Winston was was good he was not great like he made some still makes those some of those boneheaded mistakes like he threw a pick six he does stupid things um he did you know he threw he's forced he forces things into coverage and that's just what he does but that 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 team around him and there was that rams so like them putting up that many points is obviously any when you ever put up 50 plus it's i think that's a team that can be very dangerous here it all depends on how well james winston can play um and you know, that'll be very interesting to see moving forward. Um, another oddity, I'd say, I mean, the, you know, like I said, the Raiders winning was very strange. I did not see that coming, especially in, that was in Indianapolis with how well the Colts had been playing. But I guess you, I mean, it's things like you kind of you start seeing things that are kind of more rounding into shape. Like you're not sure about, um, like, like the, the, Raven, the Ravens are, are a good example. Like they've had two good games against crappy teams. And then they got throttled mm-hmm. against the Chiefs, 
And then so it's like, all right, we don't really know about this team. And the Browns kind of handled them pretty well. Um, it was a close game into the fourth quarter where then it broke apart. But, yeah, I mean, we're starting to figure out these teams. I think uh, maybe maybe Tom Brady's showing some signs of age. He had his, one of his worst games of his career against the Yeah, Bills. we say that. He's going to drop 475 and five scores on somebody next week. Yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm just only, <laughs> only joking at a certain colleague who wrote a – wrote a is Brady declining article oh God, and then he that. turned it on for uh you know an MVP season in the Super Bowl so you know yeah. and he said, he's won three Super Bowls since then so you know good oh. on him for writing that article oh oh it's gonna be that long ago yes 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 um guys always a pleasure here with John and we get to go through uh, everything PFF wise and it's been good here for these shows that we've done actually because everything's every week's kind of been a little bit different and you know where we, you know, uh, if you told us a week ago that Jermaine Whitehead would have been a good portion of the following week show, we'd have been like, yeah, okay, sure. But, um, you know, look, I mean, everybody has to maybe, uh, you know, step in shit, so to speak. Um, so this has been it with, uh, make sure you're checking out at John Costco three, uh, obviously PFF at PFF underscore Browns for all your stuff, Cleveland Brown wise and uh, check out everything over there. Of course, uh, the show itself at locked on Browns, all lowercase, uh, DMs are always open. Follow back account. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are o- always open over there. We're going to continue to roll through the week here. Obviously, enjoying every stinking bit of talking about your first place, Cleveland Browns. So we're going to continue to do that. Uh, everybody have a great one. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.